I am. Okay, so um, for number one, we have, uh, I mean, for in terms of questions, um, why doesn't the U.S. use military to fight the cartels? Yeah, completely agree. And also, like you said about the sovereign nation thing, I, I, it would be embarrassing for the Mexican government, and uh, they probably don't want any intervention to begin with. So <laughs> there's always that problem.
Yep. Well, and they're already weary of their own military in general, you know, from what it seems. So, you know, if foreign military coming into their country when there's a lot of also indigenous groups down there, you know, I, I can understand why it would be very problematic to send, you know, a I agree. Um, so moving on to second most popular question. Um, what is the most powerful cartel in present day?
So, just out of curiosity, when you say rainbow fentanyl, are you talking about just like multicolored pills, I guess? Okay. Um, If it's, I guess if they're busting people with rainbow fentanyl, or rainbow fentanyl, does that mean that they're coming from multiple sources, but all ending up in kind of the same hands? Right. Well, and I guess if you're sending it over the border, you're probably kind of going to end up grouping some of it together (laughs) as it gets picked up. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then follow up, when you say that the cartels are kind of moving away from, quote, natural drugs, um, do you think that that's a product of them kind of just wanting to not have the land space? You know, I mean, cocaine takes up an area of land, uh, pot, you know, poppy and heroin. That takes up, you know, fields that could be noticed from helicopters. Do you think that there might be an effort down there in Mexico that's kind of leading to, um, I guess, the stuff moving more towards manufactured drugs versus natural drugs? Right. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Well, and it, it, going back to what you just said with the footprint and everything, it's kind of like in the 80s when they transferred, you know, they were like, oh, well, we can ship smaller quantities of cocaine and make more money versus marijuana, which we need huge fields for. And obviously takes up a lot of space when you're trying to ship it. Um, so. Absolutely. Um, so I think we got that one pretty good. Uh, moving on to number three, um, most asked question as of late. Um, how have the drug lords um, Almencho and Almayo avoided capture and or arrest? Yep.
right? Uh, and like you said, going back to how how they operate and how they live versus, you know, people like El Chapo. Um, it, it, when it comes to like um, El Mencho, you know, it's he's allegedly living in rural areas, mostly in the mountains. I mean, similar to what most of them have done. But the the lifestyle that he lives is just very modest and he has a lot of people who look out for incoming threats i guess uh you know be it the mil mexican military in any form or uh or anything else maybe another rival cartel or something like that that he has a lot of lookouts that can warn him in advance. Right. Well, and uh, when it comes to El Mayo um, and his ability to evade capture, um, his son said that uh, he was paying a budget of a hundred or one million dollars a month in bribes to the Mexican officials. So, I mean.
Ja. Yeah. Just like it's, I mean, that's happened so many times in the past already. The... Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, it's it's not verified, but it's it's out there. <laughs> um, so moving on, question number four. Uh, do the cartels target tourists? And, you know, going back to, like you said, collateral damage, I mean, that even happens here in America, you know, with gang violence. There's always you always hear about, you know, a, a 11 year old or something was shot at a park, you know, because there was a drive by shooting. So, I mean, that's pretty. I, I hate to say it, but it's par for the course, you know, that's kind of just what happens when it comes to. <laughs> people wanting to kill other people but
Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Well, and, yeah, and we have to kill this guy who's in swimming trunks over there. And anyways, um, yeah, and it, it doesn't seem like there's much incentive in general to if if you're in a cartel, you don't want to be going around killing Americans or you know Canadians, Europeans, but whatever have you. But Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to number five here. Um, so this one is how active are Mexican uh, cartels in the United States? Yeah. 
I, I recently uh, watched a documentary that was saying that kind of uh, El Chapo's whole demise was because of how active the cartel was in Chicago. And um, and that's kind of what ended up being his whole... I mean, it was the same DEA agent who led the case, I guess, for, you know, it was over a decade. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that the I'm I'm not too familiar with the with the brothers thing, but I think that the third time he was arrested was because he went down from the mountains um, in northwest Mexico with a bunch of his, you know, bodyguards to go order a bunch of tacos. And that was the third time he was arrested was for. Yeah. Yeah, and I. Th <laughs> All right. When you said you said footprint a lot, I'm realizing I'm over here talking way too much, probably. <laughs> um, so m moving on, things are specific to the Guadalajara cartel. Um, number one question: Why do you not call it a cartel?
Right. It, it's more of a military, you know, a cartel is more of a military structure. Yeah. Or a mafia versus. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I completely. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're a Corvette guy and you own a Corvette and you're going to go to a car show, you're going to park next to the Corvettes. Um, If you're a Harley Davidson guy, you're going to find a biker bar or something with fellow Harley Davidson riders. So, you know, it's like uh, if you're a drug dealer or a trafficker, who's higher up in Mexico, who are you going to hang out with? The fellow traffickers, in a way.
Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So I'm going on here too long. Um, so keeping with the Guadalajara cartel, who was in charge of it? I agree. Well, and he also, oh, I mean, he owned businesses, um, you know, he, he was more of a businessman and he's older. Right. But anyways, continue. <laughs>
Um, so moving on to more of a Camarena related focus, uh, Kiki Camarena. Um, what would you say? This is another top question here. Uh, Felix Gallardo's uh, role in the kidnapping was. And I don't get my information from Wikipedia when it comes to this stuff very often, but I was on the uh, Felix Gallardo Wikipedia page earlier today, and I saw that it said that he was the one 
that ordered the kidnapping. And I mean, he's, he's, I feel like he's just, he's too old at the time and he's too smart. Like you said, I don't think that he would be doing that sort of thing, but Well, and if there was allegedly so many, you know, what, six or so planning meetings leading up to it, you know, it's like, would obviously Felix would have been named as being at the house. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, so question two, when it comes to Cameron is what, why would they record the interrogation in general? And I think that that that's the way I've always thought of it is that it was taped just because, you know, leave it at that. It was taped just because and and it was taped, you know, so that they could go back and listen to it.
Right. <laughs> Two days worth of. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, th I, th like you said, I, th I think it's, to I think that that part is totally overblown, and it's not as deep as people like to think about it. Especially with like, you know, and let alone when you start bringing in the CIA theory that the CIA wanted or was the one who recorded it. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so I, th <laughs> I think we got that one out of the way. Um, so number three, continuing on the Camarena thing, and this is the last one that we have, is uh, why would it be so easy to abduct Camarena in the first place? Right. It can't be that simple. You have to come up with a, with a theory here.
Right. And that had never happened before. So, I mean, you know, what, why would you? Right. They. Yeah, it was extremely brazen. And you wouldn't think, you know, if 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 <laughs> if you if you're walking outside from your work, you know, you're not probably thinking about getting abducted especially when you're headed to lunch and there's no real risk or warning no one's sitting there saying hey we think that you know the the, the quote guadalajara cartel is going to come and try and kidnap one of our agents and it might be you so you don't have a warning or anything it's Outside the office. Well, that's, you know, this is, you could make an entire podcast about this, so I'll just throw it out there real quick. But you have to wonder if it wasn't Camarena who had gone out alone, you know, would they have taken anyone who walked out of the DA's office, you know? Or, but, you know, that's all speculation. <laughs> and like I said, you could talk about that for hours, you know?
Yeah. And uh huh. Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs>